Trevor was talking about, we need to get back into the Word of God. The Word of God has to become a priority for our lives in these days. The church has slidden away from the Word of God. When Diane and I were saved 40 plus years ago, it was common for us to have three services a week. That was, that was normal. You went to church three times a week. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. And, and, and usually Sunday morning, what I called the, the religious service. People came to fulfill their religious duties. Sunday night was wild, the wild Holy Spirit meeting where God really moved supernatural. And uh, we tore down the walls in praise and worship and had great times. And then Wednesday night was more of a teaching of the word. And not only that, Diane and I usually had a Bible study at least once a week. You know, we were going to prayer, had prayer meetings, and a lot of times we were on the street preaching the gospel. So that was normal Christianity. Today we're down to a Sunday morning, and the challenge is, is, is the church has really drifted away from the Word of God. And we need to get back into the Word of God in these last days, because if, 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 uh, if we haven't seen anything yet, then we got to know what God is doing, what God is saying. And the Spirit and the Word of God always agree, Right? And there's lots of stuff out here in, in, in the church uh, that, is, that, is, that is being spoken as, as gospel that has nothing to do with the gospel. And we need to know and understand what the truth is. And so, so Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the word that has become flesh. So we have the eternal truth. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Right? So the word of God is unchanging. So he is the living, living word. And the more you encounter the living word, guess what? One of us is going to change. And I found out it, it wasn't Jesus. It's me. Right? So the more you encounter the living word, the more he'll transform and change your thinking, your attitudes, your ways. He'll change your life. And, of course, it's all for the better. Right? And the only thing that we have to do is die to self. Not die to sin. Sin has already been taken care of. Our biggest challenge is self. Right? It's self. That's why Jesus said, pick up your cross daily and follow me and die to yourself. Die to your own ways, your own thoughts, you know, your, your, your own theology if you want. Because, you know, Jesus will, 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 will challenge us. You know, when, when you read the scriptures in the Western world, we like a nice Jesus. We want to be nice Christians. Right? We're supposed to be nice. But Jesus was the last thing. The last thing you could say about Jesus when he walked the face of the earth was nice. He was the most confrontational man that ever walked the face of the earth. He challenged the, the religious leaders. He challenged people's thoughts, people's patterns, what they were thinking, what they were doing. He came to transform and to change people. He came to set us free. Right? And if you read the Gospels, <laughs> Jesus was extremely challenging. Right? He, he, I mean, he, he rocked Israel. He rocked the leadership. Like, he came uh, with, with a new message, with a new gospel, right? They were on, he was born of a woman, right? Born under the law, right? And then he came, but bringing a brand new message of God's grace, of God's love. He brought a brand new, brand new message of a new covenant. He brought the, he, he, he came to reveal God's new plan, God's new purpose. And, of course, the, the people wouldn't receive it. So that brings me to my first issue. I want to share something that <laughs> I told Trevor last week. I apologize because God had given me a word, and I sat on it, and then Trevor preached it. <laughs> so, so then as Trevor said last week, as Paul said, we haven't arrived yet. So, 
So, you know, uh, I, ha- I haven't arrived there yet, but I just wanted to share something out of, uh, out of Luke because God was speaking to me last week about radical transformation. We're coming into the days of radical transformation. And God wants to, uh, as we embrace it, as we press into it, as we say yes and yield ourselves to the Lord, God is here to, to, I believe, to radically transform us into the image and likeness of Jesus. And so the word that he gave me was uh, at the end of Luke 5. He says, and he spoke a parable to them, said, no one puts a, a, piece, a, a piece from a new garment on an old one, otherwise the new makes a terror. And also, and also the piece that was taken out of the new uh, does not match the old. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, or else the new wine will burst the, the wineskins and be spilt, and the wineskin will be ruined. But the new wine must be put into new wineskins, and both are preserved. And here's the, here's the final verse here that God really emphasized to me. And no one having drunk old wine immediately desires new, for he says, the old is better. We don't like change. We don't want to change. right? We kind of like it the way it is. But I tell you, if you want to keep up with what Jesus is doing in these last days, we're going to have to change. You know, we're going to have to allow these old wineskins, these old patterns, these old thought patterns, these, the, the, the old theology, our way of doing it, our way of thinking it. You know, we're going to have to give those up and start embracing what he's doing. Because we are a brand new creation, uh, we are a new creation in Christ, right? So in, in other words, we can say, well, I like the old ways better. I like, I like this better. But you know what? God is doing something new. Several years ago... <laughs> Uh, as I work overseas, the, the Lord had told me, you know, the days of walking with me are over. If you want to keep up, you better start running. And I've been running for a long time trying to keep up with what Jesus is doing. He is moving. He is really moving across the face of the earth. And I believe he wants to move here as well. He wants to move in our lives, but we got to start getting into the word, getting into his presence. Right? we got to start, start spending time with him Get our, get our priorities of seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness in our life, right? Because for many of us, we've, we've kind of drifted away. And, now, and, the, and, and for many uh, believers, the spirit of God and the word of God is no longer a priority in their life. And I believe that it's time to change because God is, God is changing. So the challenge is, is for us to, be, to, to get in the word of God and, and, and to move with him. Because there are things that are happening. As I said, when I, uh, uh, when I go overseas, I'll share a few testimonies. Uh, I was just there, of course, uh, seven weeks. And uh, uh, it was interesting because uh, God was speaking to me about the anointing and the power of God, how things are increasing. And uh, since I've come back, I've already had an encounter with God uh, about God showing me a, a far more powerful anointing that is coming for signs and wonders and miracles than we've ever seen before. I had one of these night experiences, and I was sharing it with Trevor, and uh, we hadn't gotten together for about four months, and we were kind of comparing notes after John Arnett had been here and sharing things, and I wasn't here when John was here, and, and the things that I had seen, like I, I saw a, definitely a, 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 an increase of signs and wonders and miracles overseas. And uh, so it was very exciting to, to watch God move. And uh, so when you're in the midst of all of this, and, and of course working with Finial and Saji, you know, it's, uh, 
this is, these are common things, but, uh, but they're, they're getting even greater, I would say. And uh, it, was, it was very interesting, uh, especially with the, in, in, in the north this time with Saji. It was uh, like I had just arrived there, and he was just talking about a family of 11 who were all demon-possessed. <laughs> you know, the, the patriarch, the grandmother, had been probably demon-possessed for about 30 years. So the whole, fa- the whole family's life was destroyed. Their, their businesses, their, 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 their home, everything was a mess. And they were desperately searching and looking for help. And, uh, they, of course, they go to all the temples and they go to all the priests. And, of course, they're trying to cast out demons with demons. So this doesn't quite always work very well. You know, so, they, so they had spent all of their money. They were basically bankrupt and destroyed. And so they went to a, a neighbor who was Catholic, and, uh, and they asked him for help because he was Christian. Because they don't know the difference between everybody, whatever, you're Christian, you're Christian. So they don't know any difference between Pentecostal and Catholic or anything like that as far as their faith. So they came to him, and of course he sent them off to a church while that church no longer, no longer believed in the Holy Spirit, like most churches. So then, uh, you know, nothing happened over there. They came back, and so this guy says, well, I'm a Catholic. <laughs> So he says, I have a Bible and a rosary. So he kind of put the Bible on, on one of their heads and put the rosary on their heart. And, well, that didn't happen. You know, nothing, nothing changed there. So, uh, of course, uh, they're, and they're looking. So finally he said, you know, I got a neighbor that I, I got a friend that I work with. And he goes to one of these churches. He's always talking about miracles and healings. And he goes to this church where he goes to Saji's church. So, of course, they all have cell phones there. So he talked to so the neighbor talked to uh, this guy he worked with, and he phoned Saji, and Saji said, well, send him over. He says, uh, this is our specialty. You know, and uh, so they, uh, that night they were having a prayer meeting, and a Monday night, this is about uh, one week before I arrived there, and they have a Monday night prayer meeting where they have 20 to 40 people show up at their prayer meetings every Monday. And uh, so they're praying away, and this, uh, five of this family members came, and the moment they walked in the door, you got... Saji said, you've got full manifestation of demonic activity, screaming, foaming, rolling, yelling, everything because of the presence of God, because of the anointing, because of the anointing, right? And this is what John talked about this morning uh, when, he, when, he, when he read those scriptures, the anointing. You know, we need the anointing. We need the power of God in our life, right? And so the, so the demons all manifest, so they start praying at 8 o'clock, and they pray till 3 in the morning. And uh, they got some relief. And then what happened is these people were so desperate, they started coming every morning at 8.30 for prayer. The whole family, all 11, started coming. And within a short period of time, they were all delivered. So they all came to Christ. So when I arrived, then another family of five, who was, who's had a daughter who was, uh, who was, they spent all of their money for three years sending her, sending, uh, her to witch doctors because she was severely demon-possessed. And she was getting, of course, no better. And uh, so they were desperate. So somehow, again, they came in connected, uh, connection with Saji and Grace. And then, of course, they started praying for them. So now I arrive on the Sunday morning, and I'm standing in church, and I've been teaching uh, Finial and, and uh, Saji about praise and worship and the presence of God. They've had very traditional praise and worship. Well, I'm in there Sunday morning, and I'm just amazed how things have changed and progressed through the years. Like, I've been working with these guys for 10 years. So this is a long-term project. You know, things don't happen overnight. But I mean, the glory of God, the presence of God was just thick in the air. 
just thick in the air that Sunday morning. The place is packed. He's got a small building. Well, they just got a new one. God just gave him a new one, double the size. So then, uh, so that's exciting. So I'm standing at the front kind of, of course, it's all in, in Hindi. And uh, as I'm standing in the front, also I open my eyes about halfway. I see a girl. She's doing a face plant right at my feet. She literally falls on her face on the concrete floor, right at my feet. Then I realize she's having an, an epileptic fit. So I start praying for her. After about 20 minutes, she gets delivered. And then in the meantime, this girl that's been, for three years, her the parents have sent her away to the witch doctor. She starts fully manifesting in the service. And this is very common, very common overseas. This happens all the time. So casting out demons is it's like reading the Bible. It's just, it's just normal activity. So anyway, so of course, she's flailing away. Her arms are going. And, and I mean, she makes Diane look fat. This girl's a like a string bean of a girl. You know, I thought with, with a, on her face, I thought she was about 12, but it turns out she's 18. And um, so I get uh, Saji and Grace to come over to minister to, to her. We get the praise and worship team still, still, uh, still keep going. The focus is on the Lord, not on this. So we start praying. So her arms are going everywhere. So I come over, grab her by the arms. Well, this little girl's almost picking me off the ground, you know. But finally, we get her settled down. You know, so I arrive... I hit the ground running, you know, very exciting, you know, and then, and then from there we did many conferences, and uh, I'll just share a couple of stories from one conference. I was teaching them about faith. When I was talking about faith here, well, this is a three-day conference that I speak at. It took me, took me about uh, 18 hours to do, my, to do my message on faith, so six hours a day I spoke, and what I do is I progressively help them to grow, you know, from their measure of faith, from faith to faith, because Jesus talks about all types, weak faith, no faith, big faith, little faith. He talks about all these different areas. So I'm trying to challenge them to grow in faith, right? And then ultimately we teach them by grace through faith. Everything functions by grace through faith. You receive everything by faith, but it's all God's grace freely given to us. And then I mentioned, then I talk about believing in the heart, confessing with the mouth. Everything functions through your heart and through your mouth. So there's no such thing as silence. You got to declare it. You got to speak it. So progressively over a few days, and then the last day, I bring them to Mark 11, where Jesus spoke to the fig tree, cursed the fig tree, and the fig tree died. Then he said, have faith in God, speak to your mountains, right? So I bring them into all of this, so I bring them along in this whole conference to finally get to this place, and they get it after three days. So now I say, because everything has a voice. See, we're all crazy. All of your problems have a voice. If you go to bed at night and you got a problem, guess what's speaking to you? Nobody else hears it, but you hear it. You got pain in your body, guess what's speaking to you? Everything has a voice, right? N nobody else may hear your voices, but you hear your voices. You got financial problems, you got family problems, you got business problems, you got whatever problem you have, guess what? It's, it's speaking to you. So I teach them this. Jesus responded and spoke to a fig tree. I said, man, this is Jesus speaking to a fig tree. You know, he's speaking to things. He's responding back. So I says, you have to respond back. You have to speak words of faith. You have to speak words of authority. Because I said, these things aren't going away. They'll hound you and hound you and hound you and hound you. You know, and I says, you lose your joy. You lose your peace. You lose your faith. You know, fear comes. Anxiety comes. All of these things come unless you respond. That's why the just live by faith. Right? So then they get it. I said, okay, now we're going to stand up. So I got 100, 125 people in the room. 
jam-packed like a sardine. I always say sometimes sardines are embarrassed by the amount of room they have in, in their can compared to these churches. They're so packed in. It's amazing. You know, we have personal space here. There, there's no personal space. And they're just packed in. And uh, so we get them to stand up. Okay, I said, now think about your biggest problem. And I'll sp start speaking to it. Well, they, don't, they just don't speak to it. But their response is overwhelming. Like if I had hair, it would be backwards. You know, because <laughs> like when they shout, they shout. They go at it. And they're speaking. And, they, and, and not five minutes, not ten minutes, not twenty minutes, half an hour to forty minutes. They are just going full bore. Full bore. I mean, they got it. They got the revelation. They got it. You know, and they're going out because I says, you do this here so you can do this at home. I'm teaching you here to do this at home. Right? Because this is, this is just not about Sunday morning. And then popcorn starts to happen. Then I get testimonies. Got a woman with a broken shoulder, had a car accident two months ago, totally healed. Got another man, has had a bad back from another accident for 18 months. Pain every day, severe pain, totally healed. Spoke to his mountain. Had another woman, she had arthritis for 10 years. Took her one hour to get out of bed every morning because of severe pain. So instantly healed. Speaking to her mountain. On and on and on. Testimony after testimony after testimony. Just amazing. Just amazing. See, this stuff all works. I tell them, this is not a theory. This is eternity. This is facts. So all of these things go on. So I get to teach all of these conferences. I have many different conferences about faith, about the Holy Spirit. I talk about the life of Jesus. I got many different levels of conferences that I bring them through so that they can be. See, Jesus said, go in the world and make disciples, not converts. Right? Not converts, but disciples. Train them. Teach them. See, this is my great privilege to do this. So when I go there, and then and I have one, one where it's just uh, many times I'll teach about uh, how does the Holy Spirit speak to us. There's 19 different ways in the Bible that God speaks to us. So God is not limited. That's only 19 I know. I'm sure there are many others, perhaps, how God speaks. You know, prophetic words, trances, dreams, on and on and on. Right? Still small voice, word of God. We can go, we can go on and on and on. God speaks to us in so many different ways. Right? But it's the presence of God. It's the anointing that we need to hear. Right? We need, he who has an, how many times did Jesus say, he who has an ear to hear, let him hear. Are we hearing? You know, are we listening? Are we taking time to be in his presence, to hear what he is saying to us? Right? Because he's speaking today. He's the living God. He's alive. There's no problem on his end. <laughs> you know, the problem is, well, it can't be me, you know. Yes, it is. It's me, <laughs> right? I need to change. I need to grow. I need to transform. But that's God's plan for us, right? So I talk about many times that when, when Jesus asked the most important question to me in the Bible, when he said, who do you say that I am, right? And Peter says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, right? And on that declaration, Jesus said, I will build my church. And I say, so God, we have thoughts. And if we start to act on God thoughts, thoughts that come to our mind, phone this person, go here, do this, do that. If we would start acting on those thoughts instead of dismissing them as, ah, ah, that's just me. You know, that, ah, I don't have time. Ah, you know, whatever it might be, how we, how, how we are in our humanity. Right? I used to do all of that, so I understand. I still struggle with all of these things. I'm, I haven't arrived, as, as Paul said. We're all learning. We're all growing. So I happened to be driving by this store one night, 
And I, I talked about maybe going there. And all of a sudden, as we're driving, I said, hey, turn back. We got to go to that store. I just had a thought. Go to that store. That was it. How's that being led by the Holy Spirit? That's it. <laughs> That's all I got. Go to that store. Okay, let's go to that store. I just had a thought. Let's go there. So we got, so we got the store. We're wandering around. It's like a, it's like a miniature Costco. You got to have a membership, but since I got white skin, they kind of let me in. I might have money. So they, you know, they, they, they let me in. So we're wandering through. So while we're there, Saji and Grace see somebody. They're from the southern India. They see somebody, and because they hear their language, because they're speaking, a, you know, there's 14 major languages and 3,000 dialects in India. So, of course, <laughs> there's many languages. So then uh, to hear them, so they get together, start talking, and they speak their, 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 their language is called is Malayalam. It's like speaking. That's how they talk. It's just, I, I laugh. It's like speaking in tongues all the time. It's one of the hardest languages to learn in the world. So anyway, they're, they're all talking away, and, and then they call me over, and this family this, uh, had, had just got born again two weeks ago. They just got water baptized a week ago. So we're in this store, and she wants prayer. But the store, of course, is full of, you know, uh, unbelievers. So I said, hey, I like parking lot prayer. Let's go to the parking lot. So we go to the parking lot, and she had been suffering with scoliosis and arthritis for so many years, she couldn't even put her hands together to clap. That's how much pain she was in. So later I found out that as they were driving to the store, she was actually praying and crying into the car, crying out to God that he would send somebody to, so that she could be healed. And of course, we just happened to be driving by. Oh, pick me, Lord. Here I am. Pick me. Right? So we drive. So we go in. So I said, oh, let's go to the parking lot. So of course, I know when you're there, you just don't pray for that, but you pray for the family, you pray for the kids, you pray for the dog, you pray for the cat, you pray for this, you pray for that. You know, everything gets prayed for. So that's just the way it is there. So I pray, and I can't say anything happened at that moment. But then two days later, she said for the first time, she got some measure of release, you know, for the first time. And two days later after that, she was fully healed. You know, like, I mean, and, and everywhere we went, these type of things were just going on. So the trips are, so, so, and the wonderful thing is not only that, but I get to teach all of these pastors, these leaders, these same things. And, and most of them don't know it. They don't even know the difference between Old Covenant, New Covenant. They mainly preach out of the Old Covenant. They hardly know the life of Jesus. When I teach you, and these, some of these are Bible school graduates. If you got, they never, I don't know what they learn in Bible, but it's Bible school graduates. I don't know how they learn the Bible. But most of them say, I never learned this before. I've never even seen this before. And yet they're blinded. They're blinded by the God of this world. They're blinded by their theology. They're blinded by their false teaching. They're blind, and there's so much of this happening. So overseas, because of the grace given to me and the authority that's given to me, I get to do a lot of challenges against false teaching, false religion, false, false stuff in the church. So it's, uh, it's one of my great privileges and joys to bring them the Word of God and to bring them the truth of the Word of God. And this is a little bit that's kind of my springboard into what I want to share. I want to talk about signs of the last days that we're in and the challenges that we're in. Because there's so much falsehood, so much uh, junk, as I call it, buffalo chips, that is being preached as the gospel today, that is not the gospel today. 
There's so many limitations in the gospel. There's so many people operating out of their natural minds. Being, being, being. We're living in the days when Paul said, in the last days there will be seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. So these things I continually encounter because I'm, I'm dealing with uh, sometimes uh, leaders in certain areas, even leaders over large ministries and, and different things. And some of the things that they're teaching as gospel has absolutely nothing to do with the gospel. And we need to be in the word of God as we're coming to these days so that you and I will know. We need to have a Berean heart. You know what a Berean heart is? In, I think it's Acts 17. It says that after Titus and, and, and I think it's Titus and, no, uh, Silas, excuse me, Paul and Silas were persecuted in Thessalonica. It said they fled to Berea. And the Bereans were more fair-minded than the Thessalonians because they searched out the scriptures daily, 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 they search out the scriptures daily. Daily? Should I say daily again? Daily, right? To see if those things which Paul was preaching was so. Right? So not just what I, and I tell them this overseas. Don't believe me. Believe the word of God. Believe the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Just don't believe some guy on the internet Believe some guy on television. Believe their stuff. Search it out in the scriptures. Know your scriptures. Know your scriptures. Hosea 4, 6 in the Old Testament. I say that's kind of a, that's a new and Old Testament verse we can use. Hosea 4, 6 says, My people perish for a lack of knowledge. And that's what's happening today. Many people, you know, what you don't know will hurt you. We need to know. We need to know in these days. We need to know what is, there's lots of stuff in the church today. There's lots of teaching in the church today that I have to bring correction to all of the time. And they're amazed when they see it in the word of God. These people get it. But they just have not been properly taught. They don't know. Even in their Bible schools, it's like, it's like in the days of Jesus, the scribes would just teach what other scribes were teaching. So this was just passed along. It's like today, theologians are just teaching what other theologians are teaching, whether it's right or wrong. Right? This is the, you know, and then you have people who want to argue with you over the scriptures. Right? Because while you believe in this and I believe in this, well, there's only one gospel. There's only one gospel. Well, I think when we first came here about five years ago, for two years, God just, he hammered at me. He just hammered at me. He hammered. And when I say I'm talking about almost daily, weekly, he talked about in, when Paul said in Galatians 1, you know, if I or an angel come and preach any other gospel than what's been preached to you, let them be accursed. There's only one gospel. There's only one truth. There's only one word that can only be revealed to you and I by the spirit of truth. Right? It's not by intellectual mind. It's, it's by revelation. And that's why we desperately need in these days what's going on and what I encounter all the time, I see it over here. And I have great concern. I'm praying for the church regularly because of what's going on. You know, and, and, and unfortunately today most of the church is functioning apart from the Holy Spirit. You know, because we're, we're functioning out of our own mind. We're functioning out of our own intellect. We're functioning out of our own belief system. And it's, it's not the gospel. You know, as, as one of my mentors used to say, it, it, it sounds good, but it's not God. It's got one too many O's in it. Right? It's good, sounds good, but it's not God. And so for us, 
we as a people of God who want to follow God, right, who want to walk in his presence, want to see his glory, want to see his power, right, want, 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 to, want to become more like him, we need to be in the word of God. So turn with me to 2 Corinthians 11, 1 through 4. I'm just going to read this. It's an interesting scripture. Paul's writing and he says, Oh, that you would bear with me in a little folly. And indeed you do bear with me, for I am jealous for you with, a, with godly jealousy. For I have betrothed you to one husband. Of course, Jesus. Right? And he says that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ, that we may be his and his alone. Right? That we may fully belong to him. We may fully serve him. We may fully follow him. He says, but I fear, least somehow as a serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. For if he who comes and preaches another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or if you received a different spirit, which you have not received, or a different gospel, which you have not accepted, you may as well put up with it. In other words, Paul's saying it's your bed, you made it, you sleep in it. You want to believe in this stuff? You want to believe in a different Jesus, a different gospel, a different spirit? And this is what's happening in Paul's days. Like when we talk about the last days, the last days is, is from, the, from, from basically from the outpouring of the Holy Spirit until the second coming of Christ. We are in the last days, the last hour. And this has been going on. Do you know that many books of the Bible were written uh, to correct heresy and wrong teaching in, in, in the church. You know, when you look at sec- here Second Corinthians, you look at Second Peter, you look at Jude, you know, you look at uh, uh, some in Thessalonian, Galatians. Many of these were these 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 uh, scriptures were written by the apostles to correct false teaching and false theology that had come in. And Paul didn't mince words when he said, "Oh, you know, well these are just these are brothers who gone astray." No, he called them false brethren. He called them false teachers. He said they were amongst us, but they left us to be manifested. There's many today drawing many people. What, remember when Paul prayed, uh, when he was, uh, last time he was in Ephesus in Book of Acts, they went down to the beach and he kneeled down and he prayed. He said, for three years, for three years with tears I have warned you that when I leave, ravenous wolves will come in, not sparing the flock. He said, men will rise up from amongst yourselves and draw many away. See, if the devil can't stop us, he joins us. You know, if he can't stop you, he'll join you. Right? He'll, he'll, he'll make it sound good. You know, he'll, he'll make it look good. And there's lots of stuff going on that I, I have <laughs> in my heart I got great concerns about. Because I'm a real word guy. Right? And I find it. And I've had many encounters. I mean, I, I remember I used to think I was Pentecostal. And then I went one time, 14 times, up into northern Canada with the Inuit. And I encountered the most wildest services you've ever encountered in your life. Like, I mean, my, my, I was stretched to no end. I was challenged to no end. I, I thought, oh my goodness, here I thought I was, I was pretty hot and I was not. <laughs> you know, here, here I thought I was, you know, I was pretty open and then, oh my goodness, we would have like waves of the Holy Spirit coming in. Like five hour, six hour services of God just moving supernaturally, just powerfully. I mean, it was like cordwood. People were around the ground, and you were just rocking them and stacking them. I mean, it was just wild what God was doing, how he was healing, how he was delivering. And I was up there 14 times in these services. And, oh, I was just, but you know what? It was God. 
you know, because you're in his presence. God started to revealing it to you. God started showing that this was, this was God. This was not an intellectual gospel, of course. But I went up there, and, and I mean, God really, really challenged you. Like I said, when you encounter Jesus, when you encounter the real Jesus, when you encounter the living word, when you encounter the anointing of the Holy Spirit, when you encounter the power of the Holy Spirit, he will transform and change you. Right? If we're willing. If we're not going to say, but, you know, most people are going, well, I drank the old wine, I like it better. Right? We got to be willing. We got to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God that in due time, he will exalt us. He will lift us up. Right? We need, we need to press into him in these days. And we need to be in the word of God and have a Berean heart to continually search out these scriptures. Because it's, it's, it's very important how we live. And this is what I was sharing in, uh, in Galatians 1, 6 through 10. Paul is writing, and he's saying he's writing to the Galatians who, of course, they started in the spirit. Now they're, now they're in the flesh, walk, living according to the law. Right now they've been taken away uh, from the gospel. Right? These were Gentiles where false teachers came in you know, to tell them, well, you need to be circumcised. You need to keep the law. Right? You, need, you need much more than grace. Yes, you need Jesus. Yes, you need grace, grace but, you need, you, but you need our teaching. You need this. I see this happening all the time overseas. All of these things are coming in. And because people are, 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 uh, people are perishing for a lack of knowledge. Because they don't understand the word of God. They just kind of hook, line, and sinker. They embrace all of this stuff. And they're led astray. But Paul says, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ. He says, to a different gospel. Right? Which is not another. In other words, Paul saying, that is not the gospel whatsoever. But there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. And Paul stutters again. He says, and as I said before, so, I, so now I say again, if anyone preaches, to you, preaches another gospel to you other than what you have received, let him be accursed. There's one gospel. It's not watered down. The gospel includes the power of the Holy Spirit, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, signs, wonders, miracles, gifts. It, it, it includes all of the, it's the full package. It's the full package, you know. <laughs> the, you know, the Holy Spirit did not cease when the apostles died. Right? This is another gospel. All of these things that are taught as gospel are not the gospel. We need the full gospel. I, I know overseas, without signs and wonders, people will not get saved. If you have an intellectual gospel, they'll just take Jesus and put him on the shelf with their 50 other gods. But when they see the power, when they see the power of the Holy Spirit, when they see the power that's in the name of Jesus, when they've gone to all of their other gods and they've gone to all of their other priests and they're not, and they're not even close to being healed or delivered and they encounter this man named Jesus, right, and he heals them and sets them free, then they give their life to him. And that's how these things are growing. And it's wonderful being with Finio and Saji because their churches are just full of, 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 of converts. They're not growing by, by natural birth like most churches are. Overseas, most of these churches, most of these churches have never seen anybody get saved in their church for years. Some of these churches actually send their demon-possessed people to the witch doctors because they don't even know how to pray for them. This is how, this is how traditional it's become. And they need the word of God. 
That's why we got to do these conferences. This is why I have to go and spend this time. And if I could spend more time, I would spend more time. And if I had more funds, I could do more conferences. Because, they, and yet they're hungry. When you bring them the word of God and you show them the word of God, they're amazed. And they want more. They want more. Because they said, nobody's ever taught us this. It's like Paul in, in Acts 19, where he says to these guys, you know, have you received the Holy Spirit yet? And they said, we don't even know if there's a Holy Spirit. Who's he? Right? So he says, well, what baptism were you baptized in? They said, into John's baptism. So he preached Christ to them. Right? They got saved. They got water baptized, and they got filled with the Holy Spirit. Right? Then they had a clear understanding through Paul's message what was going on. But that's like, that's like happening overseas. Most of these people have no understanding what's going on. So Paul said, for, I do, for I, do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I still please men, I would not be a bondservant of, of Christ. <laughs> you know, it's a challenge when you're preaching the gospel. You know, you know and, 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 and people, people want you to compromise. People want you to back up. I said, I'm not a man pleaser. I'm not a man pleaser. I'm going to preach the full gospel of Christ. <laughs> it's like Finneo said one time. He says, you don't care who you offend. I said, no, I don't. I said, I, I've taken on theologians. I've taken on people with PhDs. I've taken on people with, that run ministries of 1,500 churches and brought correction to them because of the grace that God has given me, because of the authority of the word that God has given me. I don't do it here, but I have that authority over there. I have that calling over there. So I exercise it, you know? And, but, if I'm going to, but if I'm going to start compromising, then I'm going to start agreeing with what they're doing. Well, you can't agree with it. You got to bring out the truth in it. The truth in love, like I'm not here to offend or, or whatever the word will offend, right? Because of love, Jesus confronted us. Because of love, Jesus does not want us to stay in the same place, right? If we're willing, right, if we're hungry, he will transform and change us. But he'll never go beyond your free choice, free will. Right? He's given you that right. But he'll come to you in love. But I tell you, Jesus will offend you. <laughs> like I tell people, man, he's offended my theology. I have no idea. In these 40 years I've been serving him, I have no idea how many times Jesus has offended me. He's offended me. I mean, he, is, he has transformed me. He has changed me. All for the good. You know, it's hard on my flesh, hard on my ego, <laughs> hard on my pride, hard on me. But you know what Jesus says? Die. Give up. Lay it down. Right? Follow me. Because God makes no deal with our flesh. Right? Jesus says one thing, crucify it. Walk by the Spirit, live by the Spirit, live in the power of the Spirit, walk in obedience to the Word of God. Right? And then... Uh, in, in, in 1 John uh, chapter 2, verse 18 to 23, Paul is here talking about the last, excuse me, John is talking about the last hour. 1 John, I say Paul. He said, little children, it is the last hour. So if they thought that way back when, <laughs> what are we supposed to be thinking about today? As you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. Isn't that interesting? We talk about the last days. We talk about the book of Revelation. We talk about Antichrist. Right? This Antichrist is going to come. But, but John says, already there are many Antichrists have come. Antichrist does not, just does not, not mean against Christ, 
But one of the terms for antichrist means in place of Christ. In place of Christ. See, the devil will want to fit his theology, his thinking, his mindset, his ways, his falsehoods into your life, right, to take the place of Christ. To take a, the place of the authority of Christ in, 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 in believers' minds. Like I said, if he can't stop us, he'll join us. So he'll send his crew, his people, right? So, so John is saying already there are many antichrists, false teachers, false prophets. There are many false teachers that are, that are going on in the world right now in the church today, teaching many things that really have, you know, they might have some biblical backing. Like even the devil, when he tempted Jesus in the wilderness, he used scriptures, but he manipulated them, right? He manipulated them, right? He was twisting, so he's always twisting. You know the devil, like a friend of mine used to say, you know, the devil, he, when he opens his mouth, he starts to lie. Excuse me, starts to lie. And when he closes his mouth, he just finished lying. <laughs> you know, there's no truth in the devil. Like, there's absolutely no truth in the devil. Everything he's saying is manipulative. Everything he's saying is a lie. Everything he's saying is a twist. Right? What did Jesus say in John 10.10? 10? The thief, which is the false teacher, but influenced by the devil ultimately, right? The thief comes what? To exactly steal, kill, and destroy, right? So if he can't steal from you, can he kill and destroy you? What's he trying to steal from you? The word of God. He's trying to steal truth from you. And see, if he can steal the truth from you by putting pressure on you, by filling your mind full of lies, by 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 causing these circumstances and situations in your life to come against you, right? And, he, and through that pressure, like people start to give up. If he can steal that, 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 that truth from you, right? And then he can kill and destroy. Like, it's like what Trevor shared last week about the, the sower sowing the seed, right? He shared that last week. And what's the battle over? The battle is, see, many people think it's you and me. The devil's against me. The devil's against me. The devil's trying to do this to me, 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 me. You know, it's like the seagulls on uh, Finding Nemo. Mine, 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 mine. You know, it's all about me. But it's not. It's about the word in you. It's about the word in you. The thief is after the word in you. Because the devil knows the word will change your life. The, Lord, the word will transform your life. The word of God is powerful and mighty. The word of God is alive. And as you, as you uh, walk in the word, Obey the word, live in the word, live it out, walk it out in your daily life. That brings transformation and change in you. And you become dangerous to his kingdom. You become dangerous to others around you because you, fi you start finding joy. You start finding peace. You start finding truth. You start finding all of these things. What do you want to do? You want to give it away. You want to tell others. Well, you become dangerous to his kingdom. So the thief comes to steal so he can kill and destroy so he's after this word in you. So he says, so I'll send false teachers, I'll send false prophets, I'll do all of these things, right, to trip you up, to make the church ineffective. Because if you look at the church today, right, we have more teaching, we have more CDs, we have more DVDs, we have more books, we have more everything in, in, than ever before. Just go on the internet, right, and you can listen to how many sermons. And yet the church today is its weakest point and probably in history, the Western church. We're the most ineffective we've been. Because we have information. 
But information doesn't bring transformation. Revelation does. Right? We need truth. We need truth in our inward parts. We need to live it out, to walk it out, so that, so that we, can, we, can, we, can, we, can, we can live an overcoming life. What does what uh, John say in John, not in my notes, but in John uh, 5 says, whoever is born of God, what? Overcomes the world. Are you born of God? Then you have the seed and the spirit in you to overcome the world. And this is what overcomes the world, even your faith. Right? You can, you're a world overcomer. Just that we got to renew that. You know? It's like Wally Wildman. When we used to go to Springs Church in the early, early days. Wally Wildman was the founder of Springs Church. And Wally always used to say, you know, <laughs> he said, I could be a real good Christian if I could get rid of about 14 pounds of ugly fat. But he said, the problem is I have to cut it off here. Because this is in my way all the time. Right? <laughs> we could be real good Christians if we could get this mind renewed, this mind transformed, but it, we need to be in the Word of God. Right? What, what does Romans 12, 2 say? Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you can prove. You know, each one of you can prove. Each one of you can know and prove what is a good, perfect, and acceptable will of God in your life. For your life, you can know it. But you got to renew it. You got to transform it. You got to change it. You got to get rid of the viruses. You know, you got to get rid of that stinking thinking, right? You got to be, you got to get changed. You got to, you know, get rid of the old theology, the old ways, the old thinking, you know, my way of doing it. <laughs> I always love when God drops these little nuggets into my life. And, and he, and he, he tell, told me one day, he says, uh, in, in Genesis 1, it is, uh, God said, let us make man in our image and in our, in our likeness. So it's a plural, right? We have a three. We have a one God, as I always say overseas, and we have three personalities: Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So God made us just like Him, you know, spirit, soul, and body. Right? We're made in the image and likeness of God. But today, as God showed showed me, He says most people are quoting Genesis one this way, you know, let 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 us make God in our image, in our likeness. I want God to be this way. I believe this. I believe that. Well, you believe this, but I believe that. Right? I think God should do it this way. God should act this way. God should do it this way. And if God doesn't do it my way, well, I'm going to take, out my, take my ball and go home. Right? It's not, it's not, we're not praying, my kingdom come, my will be done. Right? We're praying, his kingdom come, his will be done. Right? We're to bow to the lordship of Jesus. So we have the spirit of Antichrist operating. He says, uh, by, by which we know that it is the last hour. He said, they went out from us. Isn't that interesting? These people came out from us. He says, but they were not of us. For if they had been, us, been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us. So we have many things within the body of Christ, and that's why we have to have this Berean heart, this Berean attitude. Let me check my watch here. Oh, coming to my end here. But I just want to encourage you as we're coming in these last days, we're desperate for the anointing. And that's why even Jesus, you know, when you look at the life of Jesus, John 1, he was the word that became flesh and dwelt among us. Right? He's the living word. But even the word of God did no ministry apart from the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Jesus was the word. He never taught. He never preached. He never did anything until he came out of the waters of baptism. Right? 
and was baptized by the Holy Spirit was anointed. He's the anointed one. Right? That's what Jesus Christ means. Crystal. Right? Jesus, the anointed one. So the word of God and the spirit of God came together. Then we saw the explosion of the kingdom of God. That's a whole new message and a whole new conference. But anyway, but uh, uh, see, if Jesus needed the Holy Spirit to do the will of God, to do the work of God, to reveal the love of the Father, how much more do you and I need the anointing of the Holy Spirit? How much more do we need the Word of God in our life? So Jesus did nothing. And once Jesus was anointed, Acts 10.38 says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, who went about doing good, healing everybody who was oppressed by the devil. So that's the ministry of Jesus in the Gospels. That's the ministry in a nutshell. Right? That's the ministry and life of Jesus, all because of the Holy Spirit. And then Jesus, when he died at the cross and rose again in John 20, he appeared to the disciples, and he says, and he breathed upon them, and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. I believe that's the initial born-again experience. It's just like, just like when God made Adam, he breathed in him, and he became a living soul. Right? Adam was dead. He was, he was mud. He was nothing. God breathed in him. Adam became alive. Just like we were dead in our trespasses and sins, Jesus went to the cross and died for us. Right? He bore our sins. After he was resurrected, he appeared to his disciples. He breathed upon them. He said, receive the Holy Spirit. So now they believed in the resurrected Jesus. Now they're born again. But Jesus said to them in, in Luke 24, he says, you don't go anywhere. You don't do anything, but you wait for the promise of the Father. That's the second experience. That's the anointing. That's the power that we need in our life right? to overcome, to live in these days. Because we look at the church around us today, the church is struggling. The church is limping. Somebody, I think I, I read one time, somebody had a vision of the church, and the, the church was on a gurney, hooked up the life support system. And Jesus was standing beside the church, beside this body, representing the church. There's so much more for us. There's so much more. God wants to do so much more for us, but we need to be in his presence. We need the anointing. So Jesus told his disciples, you do nothing. Nothing. How much is Nothing. I learned this from Wally Waldman also. He used to always ask this question when, when he said all or nothing. He used to always ask the question, how much is all? How much is nothing? Well, nothing to emphasize nothing. Like Jesus said in John 15, 5, without me you can do nothing. <laughs> right? How much is nothing? <laughs> well, nothing that's going to last for eternity. We can try through human effort, through human work, through human flesh and the work, and by works, but it doesn't last for eternity. So in these days, we, we desperately need God. We're going into this point where we're racing. We're racing. I believe that we're into, we're into radical transformation, radical change. I believe that the days that Jesus is, that just as I'm running with him overseas, we're going to be running here. God is going to start moving, and we got to be ready, and we got to be preparing ourselves. we got to draw near to God so that he draws near to us. we got, we got to get in his presence. we got to be in his glory. You know, we, we got to be in the word of God so when these these things start coming down the pipe when the enemy starts advancing his falsehoods, we can recognize. You know, it's like the old saying when people, uh, when, 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 when government people who, who, uh, uh, who, who deal with the counterfeit bills and counterfeit money, what do they teach them? They teach them how to study the real. They teach them how to study the real. They study the real, they study the real so they know every dot 
everything on it. So when they see a counterfeit, they know it's a counterfeit. They don't teach them to look at counterfeit. They teach them to study the real. So if you hang around with the real Jesus, you hang around in the real gospel, you hang around with the real Holy Spirit, guess what's going to happen? You're going to recognize the false when it comes. We don't have to be fearful of these things. We have to be prepared for these things. We have to know these things. You know, it's up to us to get back into the Word of God. Jesus said, Blessed are those who thirst and hunger for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Right? we got to get thirsty. we got to get hungry. we got to press into Him. We want to say, Lord, I, I, I need so much more right, than, than what's happening today. Because there is. We just, you know, the, there's just so much coming down. I'm just telling you by the Spirit of God, what God has shown me and what I've seen, and even what I've experienced in the Spirit, I can just say there's so much more. Just don't say, like, I like the old wine better. I like it just the way it is now. Oh, no, 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 no. It's like what's been said. We haven't seen anything yet. We haven't seen anything yet. It's coming. But we got to make a choice. Are we going to step in? Right? Are we going to press in? Are we going to move in, you know, through the Word of God and the Spirit of God? Or are we going to linger behind? We'll get left behind. No, we get left behind. God doesn't want that. God has a plan and a purpose for each one of our lives. You know, you may not be doing what I'm doing, but if you want to come, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Ken, Ken, Ken wants. Where's Ken? Is he here? Hey, oh, Ken, Ken is writing me. He wants to go. He wants to come with me overseas. And I said, sure, why not? So we're planning. So he's coming for a couple weeks. And Ken said, uh, what should I be doing? Well, I said, uh, oh, you know, I said normal stuff. I said, uh, healing the sick, casting out demons, you know, cleansing the leper, raising the dead. I said, just, you know, normal ministry stuff. <laughs> he just laughed. I said, well, that's, that should be normal. Freely you've been given, freely give it away. This should be part, this should be our lifestyle. Lifestyle being led by the Holy Spirit. Lifestyle walk, walking with God. Hey, listen, I'm preaching to myself. Because, you know, when I'm overseas, I'm living in a bubble. I mean, it's just me and Jesus. Seven weeks last time, I'm just... You know, I almost read the whole New Testament while I was there. I'm in the presence of God. I'm, I'm pre, you know, I spoke 80 times overseas. That's just what I do. You know, I speak seven hours a day. That's just the grace of God in my life. I can do these things. Right? That's how God has called me. So I just go, you know, like I always say, you know, I can, I can wear out the Energizer Bunny. But, uh, you know, it, but it's, it's just the gift of God in my life. And each one of you have a different gifting, different calling. And the body is not complete without all of us. Without all of us bringing, each one has a part. And it's an important part. Because I can't do what you're doing. You can't do what I'm doing. And we need each other. Trevor and Mel need you. The leadership need you. We need each other. We're here for a reason and a purpose. But I want to encourage you as we're racing for these days... And I will say this, I'm very thankful for Trevor's teaching. I'm very thankful for the word of God that is here. I'm very thankful for what's happening here. You know, and I'm just, uh, Diane and I are always, you know, five, well, we came here, I guess, four or five years ago when it started, soon after you started, and, and uh, we always feel like we're in a honeymoon. And even though I go overseas and I do all of this ministry, you know, I need ministry. I need the word. I need teaching. I need all of these things in my life. I need something bigger than myself. And we need something bigger than ourselves. We need each other. 
You know, I just want to encourage you, Diane and I, every year we make a New Year's resolution. It's the same one. It's been the same one for, I don't know, 30 plus years. You know what it is? That we'll go to church every Sunday. We don't miss. We just don't miss. If we're in the country, we're here. We don't miss. You know, for, for us to miss, it'd have to be, you know, it'd be some major event. But generally speaking, we just, we just don't miss. Because, you know, it's going to be that one Sunday we miss that God moves. <laughs> you know, I don't want to miss those things. I have a secret prayer when I go overseas. I say, God, don't do too much while I'm gone. <laughs> you know, I don't, want to miss, I don't want to miss these things, Lord. I don't want to be jealous. You know, I don't want to be envious. I don't want to sin. <laughs> but no, I'm praying that God will move mightily.